It was as if he'd kicked about three pounds of haggis that time because it hardly got off the ground. Three pounds of haggis. 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 Three pounds of haggis because it hardly got off the ground. Let's talk sport with Scott Brown and Nathan Snade. That's right. Kia ora and good and Northern. We are live from Today Radio Studio 4 in Kirschberg, as you know, at the headquarters of Let's Talk Sport. Myself, Nathan Snade, across from me, Scott Brown. It's the 16th of August. The weather's a touch hot. Scott, you don't have any suntan um, lines that you had pre-summer, didn't you? Mate. Yeah, I've evened it out. Evened it out a little still bit. Still faded there. Show number one, two, three. What's uh, what's good about one, two, three? Apart um, from that, they're in a sequence. Couldn't tell you. Sequence Probably the first. One, two, three. If you add the first two together, you get the third. I don't know. Yeah, maybe one, two, three. Don't know. Six one six. Six one six. We do well if we get to yeah. six one six. Yeah, man, we? we've got an awesome uh, guest tonight in Paula Giorgetti. Did I say that right, Paula? Yeah. Yeah. So we pretty good. We've had going to tap into the world of tap, punch, hit, kick, into the world of karate. Hmm. We've had, uh, I think it was the show 112, we had Laura Hoffman uh, join us in the studio. Did you did you listen, Paula, to that show, show number 112? Yeah, I listened to Laura's show, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've had, we've had Very Jenny, Jenny on I've got, as well. I've got little goosebumps on me as well, so just in case I say the wrong thing, I'm going to keep up my, uh, I'm going <laughs> to keep up these. There's a there's a hand there, if, you, if I say something wrong, don't hesitate to throw it and I'll see if I, okay, can, I, I'll see if I can block it. <laughs> So obviously we've got our uh, our interview uh, this evening with uh, Paula, and then we've got the local sports roundup, a bit of stuff going on, and then we always start things off with on this day in sport. As always, you can get in comms with us during the show. Um, it's six two one five two five thousand, and we would love to hear from you. Yeah, but Paula, start things off. Sixty seconds about yourself. Well, we say sixty. It's more like thirty. If it's rubbish, I'll cut you off a little bit earlier um, <laughs> as well. So who are you, and uh, yeah, what are you doing in our studio? Okay, well, my name is Pura. I'm 27 years old. I'm Luxembourgish and I'm in the karate national team and in the Luxembourg Olympic team. And I've been doing karate now for over 20 years. And um, I started karate because there was a, a karate club next to my primary school. And a friend of mine was in this club, so I just so I wanted to go have a look too. And yeah, I never stopped. And also the school, uh, the karate school was very close to my home, so I could uh, go there by bike every day, so my parents didn't even have to, to take me. So, yeah. Very good start, and something we talk about every week, Scott, is that, that link between schools and sport. We've, we've certainly given our two cents worth, and if listening to the show, you, you should know it by now, by now. But it's not surprising that if there's something very close to school, and the, or the school has a relationship with, the, in this case, the karate club, then there's a, a likelihood that a few athletes uh, are, are going to come out of that uh, karate club. Is it, um, you're, now, you're, you're now fighting with Nidoranvin, is that correct? Is no, it, I was, so uh, this, this club next to my school was in Sessange. Yeah. Then I went to Nidoranvin, 
And after that, now of, uh, since January, I'm in Strassen, like Laura. Oh, like Laura. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that the is that the biggest karate? Yeah, it's club? the biggest karate club. It's closer to my home. All my all my friends are training there. All the girls. So for me, it, it was the best thing to do to have better training partners. Yeah. And time wise, it was also better because it was much closer to my home, and yeah. to work. And to work. Yeah. yeah. Always always convenience. We're still. Yeah. Well, Scott was probably one of the only few that I know that um, that played for another team that was further away from his house. He was a uh, went to Wolfsburg last year. Still, uh, the boys aren't happy. Well, actually, I believe it's closer to where I used to live. I'll have you know. So, you know, at the time, were you what living in that residence? Could be, could okay. be. Who knows? I don't know. It's all just a bit of a blur, you know. <laughs> he um, doesn't want to get involved. Uh, have <laughs> you have you ever played in Sessange? At the Boycona Terra. Yeah. Yeah. It, he played a few it's, times. Yeah, I played it. I played it up there a few times. If you yeah. actually look at the scars on his knees, you'll see that those scars probably. <laughs> yeah. were who do you, know, who do you know? Any of the rugby guys up there? Yeah, I know one of them. Who do you know? Uh, Yarrett. Yeah, I know Yarrett. Oh, you know him? Well. Yeah, I know Yarrett very, very well. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Made a glass. <laughs> Made, Made a glass. glass. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. Very yeah, interesting. Yarrett. Have you been up to watch rugby at Sessange? Uh, no, no, not yet. No. I'll tell you what. Well, if you go up to watch rugby at, at Wolverhampton, I can tell you, you get more bang for your buck on the old on on the old point. That's, the, that's you the advantage. I show up at Wolverhampton now. That's for sure. More um, bang for your buck. Uh, before we get into it, Paula, we always start things off with uh, sport and the history uh, in the world today. Nathan, you got a few uh, a few gems for us. Yeah, as got always. a few gems as always. This uh, on t- on today, uh, nineteen twenty three, Paavo Nurmi of Finland. He ran the world record for the one mile, which was uh, four ten in Stockholm. Home, and that record stood until 1931. What do you think his nickname was, Scott? Pavo Nurmi. From Finland. What do you reckon his nickname would have been? It's got to be the Flying Finn. There we go. Cha-ching, Didn't look at the notes. Didn't look at the notes. Get me on your pub team. Yeah, that's right. Pavo Nurmi was nicknamed the Flying Finn as uh, most uh, racing car drivers because that's a a nation that they love their rally cars, don't we? We learned that the other week when we had... uh, when we had, uh, what's his name? Charles his name? Munster on, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. Charles that's Munster, right. exactly. Very good. Nine, uh, ten years later, 1933, the first televised boxing match uh, took uh, took place. It was a six-round exhibition at the Broadcasting House in London between middleweights Archie Sexton and Laurie Riteri. Now, I'm going to ask you another question off that. It was aired by Watch TV station? In 1933. Six-round exhibition at Broadcasting House in London. Got to be the BBC. Yeah, there we go. Why don't you give me hard ones, mate? I thought you were going to say it was by by Box Nation or something like that. No, Box Nation. Have all all these... um have all these stats got questions tonight? No, there's no more questions. It was just a okay. couple, just to just to get you started, get you warmed up into the show. Um, this day, 2003, was the ninth Athletics World Championships. They opened in Sydney in France, and we know right now that the World Athletics are taking place in, in Budapest. And uh, wow, what a hell of a venue! It's, it's always always good to watch the finals. I was actually watching the final of the men's steeplechase last night. I don't know if you watched it. It was won by a, um, a Moroccan chap. Um, and here we finished fifth, by the way. Yeah, out the medals. <laughs> yeah, be like at the World Cup. Um, no, um, but what was really interesting was here's a here's a moral dilemma for you. If you're you're running a race, okay, and uh, first and second are way out in front, third's a little bit behind, fourth is probably out of you know isn't going to catch third. Okay, so they've made their their One, break two, if you like, you know. Uh, third trips over on 
probably the last steeple, maybe about. In the, in the water as well? Uh, I, I don't, don't know. Think, I, don't think, I, I don't think the last steeple is. Actually, I think it might have been the penultimate. Uh, one, two. All right, let's, say, let's just say he's got two or three to go. He's probably got half a lap, three quarters of a lap to go, which means that the fourth person catches, obviously overtakes him. He manages to catch him back up. Um, now, I believe that they basically went hammer and tong. And luckily, the third, the person who finished third was the, the guy who actually tripped. So he managed to get the place back and finish third. What yeah, would, he did. I watched it. Yeah, I watched what the would you do if you were the fourth fourth runner? Well, I'd give it, I'd, I'd give it donkey, mate, and try and get that third place. No, but I mean, if, he, if the bloke in front of you stacked it and he's in third place and he's clearly going to get third place, like you're beaten... Mate, I'm going to go for it. So you would, you would just keep going. You wouldn't give him the place back, no. Absolutely not. Don't forget the fantastic story of Stephen Bradbury, who's still making a hell of a lot of money this day, telling the story of the ice skating. He got to the final, Australian ice skater. He got to the got to the final because yeah, everybody fell over and um, everyone wiped themselves out. And old Stephen Bradbury came in and bolted in with a victory. So if someone, do you think he's going to stop and go? Ah, well, I was going to finish at the back of the. Back of the pack? No way. Well, I think that's different because it's so quick and fast. But uh, so because you go around those laps so quickly. But you, you're telling me you wouldn't be like, "Go on, you were going to get third. You have third. No. What about you? Same. Wouldn't as you? as terrible as it sounds, I would just sprint as fast as I could to get this medal. Well, it's all irrelevant because clearly well, the guy in fourth didn't sprint hard enough because he still got beaten. Your man got third anyway. But yeah, and it was it was, uh, it was good. Did he have one shoe on? No. Actually, on Saturday or Sunday well, night... Just to be clear, I wouldn't have done that. <coughs> I would have given back the place. Let me let me get through Sport and History of the World today because I still want to come back and touch on some of the uh, world athletes because there's some good, some good stuff that's been going on. Uh, this day in 2004, outstanding British athlete Kelly Holmes, she won her first leg of the, of the 800 and 1500 metre double at Athens, taking the gold medal in 156. In 2008, Ethiopian distance runner... Kinze Bekele wrapped up the 5,000 and 10,000 metre double at the Beijing Olympics when he took gold in the 5,000 in, in the uh, metres. Um, 2020 on this day was the UEFA Champions League final. I'm guessing that was a delayed because of uh, a delayed match because of COVID. Um, took place in, in, in Lisbon. And uh, German giants Bayern Munich, they won their sixth crown in a 1 0 win over PSG. We've got one happy birthday, and boy, oh boy, he's one of my for the. Oh, certainly, if you talk to me about who's the greatest athlete of all time that I that I that I've seen come across, still watch some videos. It is a happy birthday to the American basketball guard who passed away in 2020. Kobe Bryant was born on this day. A legend, NBA champion, 2000, 2002. Born in Philadelphia. Yeah, born in Philly. NBA MVP, 2008. 18 NBA All Stars, LA Lakers, Olympic gold, and 2008, 2012. Basketball completed it, mate. Isn't he? The mum, the mumba mentality, and his famous quote was, "Hard work outweighs talent every time." Are you a believer in that, Paula? If hard work beats talent every, every time, time, no, I don't believe in it. You don't believe it? That no, was I know some athletes in karate. They have such a big talents. They don't. They don't even have to really. They don't train as much as as other athletes, and you can fight as as good as you can. The talent is always gonna. I don't know. They just it's always is, is always there. Yeah, it's always there. They just have they 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 have the la vista. You say they yeah. see everything. They just know they know what to do uh, in which moment. Mm-hmm. There is the argument that says what 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 type of talent you have because there are you know there's various types of talents. There's, there's it's a talent to turn up to train to be at training ten minutes early, isn't it? 
some some people have skill sets, some people have uh, fitness. So it depends on what sort of what sort of talent we're talking yeah. about. Very, very, very interesting. Kind of very deep into this topic. You can also call it nature versus nurture. You know, do you have to just let them explore their own way of, of trying to find out how they do things, or do you do you sort of channel them into uh, into different? different paths let's uh, jump around at the moment so am i right in thinking you've just started back training with the national team and that's up in strassen so how long is that sort of session how long does that last yeah today i had a training of two hours with rafael it was the first uh, national training for me of the season and yeah we did uh, kumite karate and uh, yeah i was uh, i was sparring with with the boys with his, with, with, his, with his boys as well? No, not his boys. No, okay, it's the boys from our team. From our team. Okay. Now, we know him very well, don't we, uh, Raphael, very well. And we've seen the warm-up that he was once doing with his with his boys. And yeah. <laughs> that's enough to make... They nearly had to, to get the, the, uh, the defib out defib, for you, didn't Yeah, they? exactly. Yeah, warming Ooh, you up. That was, that was tough going. But um, when... Uh, so is that all... That, or is it all just sparring this evening? Or was there a conditioning element to it? Or what, what, what sort of thing did that entail in training? So... First, uh, we start with a warm up, and like we do some sprints and stuff, and jumping, and uh, then we do also some stretching, but active stretching, so that we get ready for the kicks. Yeah. And after that, we 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 did some techniques because it's the beginning of the season, but techniques including also reaction. So uh, my opponent had to attack me with whatever he wanted, and I had to 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 do a counter attack. Uh, on the moment itself, like I didn't know what he was gonna attack, so I had to improvise. Yeah, yeah just adapt to it. Yeah, just adapt to it uh, without thinking actually, because uh, my uh, Rafael wanted to do this with me today because I have a competition coming up. So we normally at the beginning of the season you work on the technique and cardio, but we don't have time for that because my competition is already in two weeks. So yeah. we have to go straight to to reaction and to uh, to to fighting situations. So if you're, um, as you said, you're doing your sparring today, as, as you've just talked about, but prior to that, how how much of a, a break did you have? Or when you say there was no training, are you still doing your own conditioning or, or weight training? What, what are you doing when you're not in camp with the, with the national team? So now there was no national team training since June or July. Actually, not many countries do such a long break, but since we are not professionals and we don't get paid, uh, it's not so serious for us. And also the dojo where we train, it's even closed during summer, so we don't even have a space where we could do proper karate training. And um, yeah, when there's no training, I train uh, for myself. I do the physical preparation at the cock with the Olympic trainers. So the Olympic team... Um, for the athletes that are who are in the Olympic team, we can use uh, a special fitness in the cock, and we have a special program, and that's what we do when we are not doing karate. We 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 focus more on the physical preparation. And are you are you down there lifting on your own, or are you you have a coach with you every time you go down, or how does that work? During the week, there are always the coaches, but uh, during the weekend they are not there. So then we are lifting on our own, but we are not allowed to go there all alone because in case something happens, there always has to be a partner with us to help us out. Cool. Tell us about the, the 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 event that you've got coming coming up. Whereabouts? What is the event, and whereabouts is it? So in two weeks, I have a K1, which is Karate One Premier League competition in Dublin. So that's uh, the highest level competition that you can participate in. It's only for the top hundred athletes uh, of the world of the ranking. 
And there are only 32 spots in each category. And there's like a registration. There are different registration phases. In the first phase, only the top 32 can register. So if they all register, the category is already full. And not even all the top 100 can go. And then in the second phase, the next top uh, 64 or something like that can register if there are still uh, open spaces in the category. So yeah, um, I are you, are you seated in that in, in that competition? If we are seated, are you seated in terms of you know what's what's your do you have a world ranking as such? Or? Yeah, we have world rankings, and you are seated. Actually, we are thirty, so we are thirty-two athletes in this category, and they do eight pools of four athletes, and the top eight of the category they are all seated in one one of them on in each uh, pool. So it's not necessarily a knockout. No, this one is not a knockout. There's no only yeah. this one has not a knockout system, but a pool system. But mm-hmm. only the best one of the pool passes. Adva- advances through. Yeah, so you have to be the first of uh, of the four athletes, and yeah. since you have already one of the top eight in your in your pool, it's very yeah, tough. You want to be you very want, very you, tough. You, you want to be on the game. Laura's going to this one with you as well, or are you the only Luxembourg athlete? Laura is not going. It's only me and Jenny. Jenny. Yeah. 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 With Raphael. With Raphael, so, mm. the, so the three of you. And I believe you've got there's a there's a young fella doing very well, very t- young fella, very tall, uh, tall fella, Alexander Davies. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you do you do you train with him or spar with him? Yeah. Sometimes I train with him when he's at training, and then I I train with him. Yeah. 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 No, his, his, his father was a very very good squash player. Actually, got to, I'm not sure if you know this. He got to the quarterfinals of the of the, of the British Open as a as a junior. Um, Alex Alex father, um, um, which is. <laughs> Kind of un- unbelievable. He's probably the only guy I, I know on the career that, in, in their career that's actually got uh, done, done so well as a, yeah. as, a, as a friend. Unbelievable. Well, very interesting. And just to go into uh, a little bit more about the training side of stuff. So, as you said, you train today. Are you training every day up to uh, in the build up to this um, this tournament? Yeah, until this tournament, I really have to train every day. Maybe on. Sunday I will take a break just uh, so that my body has a chance to recover. But yeah, since I could not train a lot during summer, now I have to to give it all to be kind of ready for the competition. But I know that I cannot be 100% ready for this one. So I'm just going to go there and do my best and it's a good uh, wake-up call, let's say like that. Yeah. Yeah. So in in the grand scheme of things, if uh, you you go to this tournament, um, where where does that lead on to, you know, if you if you finish in, I don't know, in the top eight or the top sixteen or whatever it might be, does that open doors to go to other tournaments with ranking points and stuff like that? It doesn't open doors. Uh, it just gives me points so that I get a better ranking. And no, it doesn't op- open any doors for the, only if there is like a European or World Games or something like that in the future. Then you have to to get points to qualify. But right now, in the next future, there is nothing we can qualify for. Still. Improving your world ranking still, still, still yeah. something, of course. So, yeah, that'd be dumb. How, what about you? Know any 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 fighters? And you spent some time in uh, in the land of Ireland. Do you know any karate athletes over there, Scott? Nothing no. at your university. Only no, no, no. only rugby. Yeah, just rugger rugger meatheads. You know, um, rugger and movies. By the way, we're twenty six minutes into the uh, or twenty minutes into the into the show and. A movie hasn't come up. Don't worry, it'll come. It'll come. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Just to jump in there, I've actually got um, two tickets to give away to the Luxembourg versus Iceland match, which is on the 8th of September. Um, listening to the show, I'm going to ask a question, and if you've got a 
got the correct answer, you can uh, get in touch with me at 62152 Tech Text your answer in. And, uh, yeah, maybe you'll win some tickets to go down to the Stade Deluxe. Have you been down to the Stade Deluxe? Yeah, yeah many times. It's uh, it's a cool setup down there. It's it's, it's a really good setup. What, what was your favourite game? My favourite game? Luxembourg versus Hungary in the rugby, thought so. Um <laughs> My favorite game was when Luxembourg won, which is not always. Uh, it was uh, Luxembourg against uh, the islands. How did you call them? Faroe Islands. Yeah, exactly. Faroe oh, yeah, Islands. Yeah. Well, well with Cristiano Ronaldo, would you go and? Would no, you go I didn't. That game? I didn't, didn't see, see that one. See I, I was not in Luxembourg, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, the the the, the phone was going uh, ten to the dozen that that night when we had some tickets to give away. I think of sure. a fancy question and see if we get some uh, some nibbles. Um, it's a sellout, by the way. That this this game, the uh, icing game. You I'm sure think? it is, Nathan. I'm sure. You don't, it is. you don't. You don't believe me? No. <laughs> so they say. So they say sellout. Well, so there's no spare seats if when you go down to the match. That would maybe be a sellout. Well, now whether all the tickets have been sold because they were doing this weird thing with the package where you have to buy. You spend 100 euros and you get tickets to the four oh, home games or something like that. Also, a lot of people were watching them to see... Because let's be honest, everybody just wanted to buy the package to get the Portuguese... Listen, there's, a, there's a massive Ronaldo. Icelandic community here, mate. Mate, there's about 50 Icelandic people in the whole world, isn't there? <laughs> no, 325,000, to be oh. concise, that are, living in, that are living in Iceland. But in Luxembourg, there are a lot of Icelandics. Think of the... the, the Give me a number. The, Give me a number. I, I cannot tell you. I, I, yeah, no, I cannot, I cannot tell you. But they they came here when uh, they were part of the, all the, with all the pilots with when, when Cargo Lux was launching a lot of the they took a lot of Icelandic pilots. Oh, really, that's, that's what really brought the Icelandic community. Oh. You ought to get out of, get out a little bit more, mate, and do some investigating. Well, I suppose some, that's what happens. How these nationalities came to 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 Luxembourg. That's what, that's what happens when you're part of the furniture here in Luxembourg, <laughs> isn't it, mate? Um, just uh, diving back over to you, Paula. When you're, she obviously said you took up karate. Did you play any other sports when you were growing up as a youngster? Yeah, I played many sports. I I did uh, athletics. I did swimming. I did basketball, tennis. Actually, before going high, before going to high school, I was doing basketball, swimming, and karate. And then when I went to high school, I had to choose one of those sports because I didn't, I would not have enough time to do all of them. Yeah, and then I chose karate. Why? Why? Why karate over basketball? And individual swimming is individual sport. So karate, I don't know why, but I, I clicked immediately with the sports. I loved it so much because of the teammates. Uh, I really always uh, really enjoyed going to the training for the sport and for my teammates. But also because in karate, I knew that was a sport where I could have the best career, go as, as far as possible. Because in karate, I, I traveled so much. We travel all the time because it's an individual sport. And because for me, it's usual to fight against world champions. Like when I go to competition, it's nothing imp- impressing anymore for me to, to, to fight against a world champion. Really, we participate in the competitions that are really the highest level. And I don't think this is possible in other sports. Yeah. For example, I don't think that the Luxembourgish basketball team has ever played against the current basketball world champion. Yeah, I think yeah. they are not even in the same league, or how, how can I say? Yeah, sure, so you get a, certainly get a lot. I mean, very similar to, to, to my decision with squash, the reason why I chose squash over 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 rugby, actually, was because I, I 
Oh, and it's quite right. If I, was, if I was a rugby player, it'd only be another another little number in New in New Zealand. But if I, but from squash point of view, I was able to have a lot of exposure mm-hmm. going to different places. So yeah. you get a you'll get a crack at the number one. You might take a hiding, but you get a crack at them. And and uh, so and, and and obviously, when I say exposure, good reason to a, a good reason to travel the travel the world. So that was personally my decision why I went uh, with it. What was yours for rugby, buddy? Why did I take it? Why did you do rugby versus? Because you played all sports at, at at school, obviously. So, yeah, um, father was a good footy player. Brothers played rugby. Well, as they were well. All younger than me. I guess it was more a case of um, growing up with the lads and stuff. We had a like an old park, where, and all it had was a, a set of swings in the corner. It was called the dump, funnily enough, and that's where you used to go and just meet up and play football all the time. And then it just started off. You go in the corner as far away as possible and try and kick the ball over the top of the swing, and it just became an obsession. And then rugby was gone, the gone was the norm. Gone from there, you know. You go and knock on the door. Are you coming out to play football or whatever? Lads would get chased out of my house if they were stupid enough to come and knock on the door when Ireland were playing in the Six yeah. Nations and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, um, I've right. got I've got my question for you. If um, you want to get your mitts on these um, these football tickets. You just need to um, tell me what the national sport of Iceland is. So there you go. If you're listening in, text in 62152 What's the national sport of um, of Iceland? So, you know, I'm just going to hold you up there. You know one of the weird things they do? They eat this rotted shark there. Like, they actually put a dead shark in the ground and then they go back and they eat it. The The wrench is that foul that they have to wait for a northerly wind coming, <laughs> blowing off from Greenland because the, 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 the kickback of the odour is that bad that you're going to vomit. They're a weird lot, the Iceland. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 I thought you were saying good things about them. I'm only saying they're all weird and stuff. No, like that's that. a that's a weird one. I don't think. I, well, I hope it's not the national sport. <laughs> Eating yeah. rotted shark. So if you're listening in, uh, yeah, get in comms. Let us know what the national sport of um, Iceland is. Back over to you. So you're going to train in the um, in, in the in the build up to this tournament, and will the tournament be Saturday, Sunday? I'm fighting on Saturday. Okay, so will you fly out Friday or will you fly out Thursday? Already Tuesday evening. Wow. Yeah, oh, because wow. actually the registration and the way in is on, is on Thursday. So okay. you have to be there at latest on Wednesday. Yeah. But the flight was cheaper on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> as, as, well, just one of the things you have to deal with, I guess. But yeah. when, you, um, when you get there, you're going to hopefully not have an issue with your, you know, obviously making the weight and stuff. But if you, if you didn't pass that, how, what's the window to then make that cut? Do they give you an extra... Six hours, twelve hours, twenty-four hours, or how does that work? No, you 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 have to step on the scale, and it either does ding or eh, and if it does eh, then then you're disqualified. Oh, have, you, have, you, have you ever heard a ding and an eh in one setting, or or, or not? Ding. I I haven't. No, you haven't. But no, for you, me, it's always ding. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. For you, it's always ding. Yeah. But have you ever heard an eh on somebody else? No, I haven't, because uh, usually those people they have like there's also a test scale. So first you can try how much you weigh. And then there are some athletes who realize that they're still too heavy. And then you see them running and sprinting in carways and uh, doing the sauna and everything. And then they are the last ones uh, at the end of the day who try to weigh in. And then uh, people like me, I, I w- I'm not even there anymore. And so when there is the, uh, I, I'm not there anymore. It's, it's interesting because um, uh, there's a guy I follow on Instagram. I think he's called The Fight, The Fighter Dietitian, something like The Fight Dietitian, something like that. And it's become... It's less common now for people to make really drastic weight cuts, isn't it? Because it used to be you would, you know, you could 
put on a couple of kilos once you've made weight bang you just get the calories get the food in get the water in and you can go off um you know you can go up quite a lot in weight whereas people tend to sort of manage it a lot better in the in the lead up to it which is a lot safer isn't it because it's, it's very dangerous to cut some some serious weight isn't it yeah of course i i know people who have to lose uh, 10 kilos before competition huh? Yeah. Savage. Um, first film coming up here. Have you seen The Fighter with Mark Wahlberg? No, I've seen Karate Kid though. Karate Kid. Well, there's a bit in The Fighter where Mark Wahlberg, he's a bit of a journeyman, so he'll just take fights on short notice, stay in shape, and they basically um, say, yeah, this guy's dropped out, but we've got you another fight. Um, this guy's just got out of prison. Um, he's been, uh, oh no, he hasn't been in, I think he was in prison and then he'd been basically sat around doing nothing for six months. So he won't be in good shape. And then Mark Wahlberg gets into the ring and they're all like, yeah, man, he's just got off the couch. He gets off the couch and the bloke takes the robe off and he's like, he did not just get off the couch. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. jacked, Absolutely. Brilliant. That's a good film that about Mickey, Mickey Ward. I, uh, well, uh, Irish American boxer. Um, yeah, good but, good film. Um, m- most Irish boxers are called Mickey. Yeah, have a look in the draw this the next weekend when you go there. Anyone from Ireland? See how many in the in the men's draw. Uh, normally, yeah, you don't get any Mickeys in the female draw, would you? But in the Michelle and Michelle, yeah, all yeah. oh, true. Good point. Have a look. See, uh, I think okay. you, you, you might have a Mickey. They love her, but that, that's more for the boxing, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we think of a Mickey. Bit of bugger. When when you when you go to these tournaments, uh, do you know a lot of the people you compete against? They're like are there familiar faces there? Yeah, I know I know all of them. But what's the relationship like with? Uh, is it is it good where you'll say hello to them, or are there some people who are uh, for whatever reason in the little black book, you know, and have have done something and be like, yeah, I'm not saying hello to them or. No, actually, I say hello to to all of them. To my opponents, yeah, yeah, I say yeah. hello to all of them. Do you say hello or do you give it the proper Moyen? <laughs> Not Moyen because they don't speak Luxembourg. <laughs> or do you just do you give it the raised eyebrows like the? Yeah, you give them one yeah. of them. No, I say hello nicely. Yeah. Nicely, yeah. yeah. The yeah. other side they're gonna see during the fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. Keep them false, false sense of security. You know. Um, yeah. In terms of the uh, the equipment you wear. What um with with the gloves is am I right in thinking you can do it can you do it without gloves or do you have to wear gloves as part of the No we have to wear the gloves. Yeah. Actually before entering uh, the mat they there is a referee who says to you get up and then they check all of your your karate gi, your gloves your if you're only allowed to have one or two hairbands in your hair nothing else uh, no jewelry no nail polish uh, they check everything, so yeah. there's a stricter regulation on how you have to be dressed. The, the gloves are they are they um, how do I say closed on the inside or are no. they are they have they got a little open? They're open. They're, they're open. Yeah, okay. they're just on the top of the handle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What does it feel like when you get hit by one of them? Because I've never been hit by one of them ever. You should have brought one in. You could have punched knife in the stomach. <laughs> no, right? Not, not if you got my <laughs> today radio. Is that your? What's that? Lollipop. Like, lollipop. My lips was just, just in case. Just in case, yeah. Yeah, don't tell me. gets annoyed with me Surrender and wants to flight. throw something, I can defend myself. Yeah, what's it like if you get you get clipped with them? What's it like? Um, I I actually don't have a problem with it. You you feel it, of course. You feel that something is touching you, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about if you've been hit. Yeah, hit. Yeah, yeah. But for me, I can feel the pressure of the punch, but uh, for me, um, it's not... Uh, I don't know. It doesn't hurt me. We talked. We talked about this with Laura. I guess it's because of the adrenaline. Your adrenaline yeah. must be 
bloody high through the uh-huh. Richter scale and compared to someone like uh, like myself playing squash, where yes, you have adrenaline and there is definitely a nerve, but it can't be the same as when you when you're in a in a, in a combat sport or, or contact sport. That's for sure. Just just to go over a little bit of a recap of the the rules and regulations. So when you're in a a bout or a fight with somebody, um, how can you lose the fight instantly by there because uh, you're trying to you're trying to get points aren't you and it, but is there a maneuver or a, a like a i don't know like a power move you know a special is there something you can do which you can like finish the fight there and then whether it's a no no there is no special attack that you can do to win the fight immediately either you you win because you have more points at the end of the time or you win because you there is a difference of eight points between your score and the score of your opponent so as soon as there are eight points between you and your opponent then you win it's game over and can you because how big is the actual matted area that you're on it's uh it's like a uh, six six on six meters. Yeah, I yeah, think. yeah. Okay. It's, it's, could you get people who just like run around and just try and stay away? You cannot because then the referee is going to stop the fight and give you a penalty for being passive. Ah. So you always have to fight. I think I might lose on on, on that technicality actually. <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear, I don't punch like that. I'm just, I'm just six by six, six by six. So that this is. Well, uh, it's bit a bigger, bit bigger than bigger, bigger than this uh, studio. Not, yeah, a little bit shorter that way, but. A little bit further that way, and when you're when you're at the at the events, how many um, how many mats would you have in the in the arena? Because we it's always it's only just one, is it? No, no, no. Well, actually, on during the K ones, it's uh, always four. You have four mats, and it's very well organized during this time schedule. It's this category, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. But uh, competitions that are less professional, there can be eight mats or something. Yeah. But then. For the medal bouts on the weekends, on the last day, there's the medal bouts. And then there's always only one mat in the middle. And so everyone is watching yeah. the same fight. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about. Because obviously, one of the big, uh, I guess, drags to, to competing in sport is, you know, getting to the latter stages of a tournament to play in front of those big crowds. But I guess it's one of the, I mean, it's one of the harder things about karate because it is such a technical sport. It's very, it's not like football where you can just turn up and pick up the concept of the game very, very quickly. Like there's a lot of technical things about it. I mean, how would you change karate to try and get more people to come down and watch it? Because I think that's something. Now I've been I've been lucky enough to see it in action, but some people might think it's just it's just too technical for me. How would you try and get more people down? So already I would. Um, right now one fight is only three minutes, so I would do like in boxing that there are more rounds, maybe few rounds of three minutes, so that the whole match lasts longer already, yeah. so that the people don't have the impression that they only come for three minutes yeah. show. And then I would, um, yeah, it, it's not, it's not really the the character of karate, but maybe also work with knockouts. It's just you have to give the people what they want to see. Yeah. They want to see people punching each other, and they want to have a show or something to see something spectacular. And karate is it's too respect. It's too respectful, let's say. We are too we are too classy, maybe for the people. To yeah, would, no, would, would you consider going uh, UFC style? Would you would you would you personally like to like to go and head in that direction? 
UFC, no, but boxing definitely. Yeah, oh, wow. I did some boxing lately, and I like it a lot. Available for a bit of uh, WWE. WWE. Mm. It's all fake, mate. Huh? No, no, that's not no, fake. That's... That ain't fake, mate. That's real stuff. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're telling me Jake the Snake was never was never real. <laughs> Who? Who? Yeah, no, really messing. Um, with um, again, again uh, the the big the big thing with karate, I guess, is you want to try and educate people more, and and that's what's going to ultimately bring uh, bring more and more people down. Um, obviously, it's not on the Olympic list anymore. Do you, do you have you heard any rumblings? Is that likely to change next time around? Maybe next now for Paris 2024, we are not on the list, and right now the World Karate Federation is trying to to change this for Los Angeles 2028. We'll one, one of the bizarre things, isn't it? That you have at, you, you, you put a sport on, but then you t- then, yeah. then you take away. But, for me, that's but you know I break mean, break from, dancing's in there. So from yeah. from a squash point of view, we've never been in. But and, and we're disappointed we're not in. But it, but in your but in, in karate's case, you've been in, and then they take it away from you. Well, as as we know, as a human, that's one of the hardest things to uh, yeah. to, to face. I, I I just I just don't get it. What's your uh, your 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 best result? You know that you look back and you're very proud of. As the one I'm most proud of was um, a bronze medal at a, like a serious one K one competition. Yeah, that's the international tournament where every worldwide tournament and the best athletes come and I I did a bronze medal, yeah. And did you know, because ultimately, um, yes, we're all from very, very different sporting backgrounds, but the one thing we'll all share in common is is confidence. Because when you're confident, you're a, you're a different you're a different person to play against in terms of how you play, your your, your body language. You know, there's a, there's so many different things you can you can talk about. But when that happened, were you? I, I don't want to say confident, but were you like, yeah, I'm 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 going I'm going well here. I'm uh, I'm going well here. And then you think, yep, I can, you know, because because you've got that attitude, and then you fight against somebody who is potentially better than you and because you're in such a good place you can then go on and, and beat them well I'm going to be honest with you the day before my fight the pool came out and I looked at it and I was I really was so motivated for this competition then I looked at the at the draw and I was like wow no so unlucky like I had all the best girls of the category were in my in my pool so I knew I had to fight these girls and but I think that's that's changed my attitude because then on the day where I had, in which I had to fight, I wasn't really nervous. I was just really neutral. I didn't think about anything. I I was just easy going. I was cool, no emotions, cold mind, and it worked. Yeah. It's a very nothing to lose no, approach, I guess. Yeah. You, could, yeah. you could you could argue. It, it's a very very fine line when you get into it when you talk about where, you know. Um, where that optimum level is because we all know if you get too amped up performance goes down and if you're too relaxed you know your performance doesn't go up enough and it's also managing managing your emotions you know your whether it's your heart rate trying to calm yourself down or go through your processes and stuff like that it's something I find very very interesting because ultimately it doesn't matter what sport you play as you hopefully progress to a higher level you are going to get to the stage where you are put under that stress and ultimately it's how you you deal with um 
deal with that stress when you're under pressure. pressure, you know? And I mean, it's something, oh, well, I'm not telling you what to do here, but obviously the next time you, uh, you, you go to one of these big tournaments and the pool comes out and you're like, well, I've beaten these. So I can do it again. But then on mm-hmm. the flip side, they might be thinking, I'm not going to lose to her again this side. So that's the, again, it's never, it's never one-sided. It, it, it yeah. swings both ways, doesn't mm-hmm. it? And you've had that, those experiences before where, on paper, you might be a little bit too relaxed and you get absolutely thumped and then you want to make excuses, but ultimately, you know, maybe you were too relaxed or, th- or maybe even arrogant, you know, going into it thinking you're going to, uh, you're going to win, Pete. Have you ever had that when you're, uh, when, you, when you're playing and you're like in the middle of a game and I'm like... Mate, I, I, I've had some, I can suppose this bit for nightmares. It's like the, you know, the falling off the bike. You've got to fall off the bike to, <laughs> to get better. But I can tell you situations where I've been almost like so, so relaxed because I've thought that I've, I've you know, I'm, I'm talking 100 years ago when I was playing, really playing competitive squash, but everything starts going in. So I can re, I can re, relate to Polar of exactly what she's saying. Like every ball that I'm hitting, you just going. Well, I'm really relaxed, but that's that's gone really well. And then three or four things go your way, and then the then that confidence comes up. The tail starts wagging, and you're and you're 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 fine, and you can get the best results. But I've also had the opposite, <laughs> where there gets like a snowball effect. No matter how hard you try, no matter and and, and I think you just got you just got to you know roll through those punches and keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. And that's why you know in in, in a few weeks when you're going to going to Dublin, you know you know your situation of, of you know how how much training you've done or how much you haven't done, and but. You don't really know probably what what these other athletes uh, have been going through, or do you have some intel on them? If I know yeah, what, yeah, do you have any intel on on what the other other athletes? Like, they, yeah, they, I see they, them they, train on social media. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. I mean, it, it's it's all part and parcel of it, isn't it? You, I, it is a bit cliche to say you have to worry about yourself. I've always been like that. I, you know, never really cared who I was playing against. You know, some people would be like, oh, don't worry about them. And I'm like, I'm not worried about them, but that bloke is six foot nine, okay? And he does weigh 140 kilos. But, you know, you're not going to not then then play against Social them. media wasn't about in, in my day, but I, I'm just, a, you know, some of the stuff that were there I see, and I mean, we have this, the, the, the shared account, uh, Let's Talk Sport on, on Instagram, and some of the things that I see, I mean, my, 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 it's self-promotional stuff. They're not doing that. They're posting some of that stuff from, from a, a, a while back, you yeah. know, and I'd be more worried about the people you don't know. Don't about. know that. Yeah, exactly. you can't see. You can't see what they're doing yeah. to, to people are playing social media like that to keep uh, to keep ticking over. So, I mean, as I said, as as always, when we do this, there's no real like running order to this. We just sort of like to jump around with uh, when we're uh, finding out bits. What about uh, road trips? Is there any big trips that have been awesome? You know, whether it's flying, getting a bus somewhere, or was a good time away with the people you were you were travelling with. Maybe perhaps it's DJ. Could we call Shotgun? You were DJ on the, on on a, on a road trip. Yeah, you had, had control on the, the on the team bus with karate now. Yeah, with karate. It's always. Uh... I can tell you from Luxembourg because clearly she was thinking holiday. She was thinking holiday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, second that's biggest a, sport yeah, in Luxembourg. Going on vacation. That, going on vacation. That's a separate yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, traveling with karate is always an adventure because we land in countries you wouldn't go or cities you wouldn't go to for a trip. For example, like in Cairo, Egypt, or random cities in Turkey or Azerbaijan or whatever. So as, Luna, as soon as you land there and you get into your bus, there's not even space for your luggage. So we have to put all the luggage on, on, on our lap and on top of the van and whatever. 
and uh, how they drive and everything. It's always it's always uh, funny to see. Yeah, it's yeah. it's an experience we've had with the rugby. Some of the places we've uh, we've got to go, you sort of laugh about it. Who are the big characters that when you travel away with them? You know, they're good, fun people to be around. Or would they say the same about you? Are you a fun person to be around? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we always. Uh, what I always say, all everyone in karate is kind of crazy. We always uh, fool around and laugh a lot, and it's really funny. We always we love it to travel together. Yeah, I'm going to get you to name and shame here. Who would be the the the, the athlete in your in your team that would ask the the driver or the taxi driver or the bus driver to change the radio station or to put on their uh, put on their uh, iPad or from their phone? Who'd be the one? That would be my coaches. <laughs> be your coaches, Rafa. yeah, yeah Rafa would be Rafael, the one. and also my club coach Mika. He's also very playful and always joking around. They're actually more crazy than we They're are. Crazy, yeah. yeah. We're setting good different, examples. Different breed these karate lot, aren't they? <laughs> Speaking of, of which, we always ask our uh, our guests a couple of uh, uh, funny questions here. Um, to be to be honest, the um, the big one would be um, is about your walkout music. So we've sort of said how. You're a bit karate is a bit of a traditionalist sport, isn't it? Where you obviously you're aware of the rules and and the process that you go through before you fight and stuff like that. But if you could pick a, a piece of music to um to to go out to, you know, to be announced, you're about to compete in a final against somebody. What what music would you come out to? Actually, I would choose some 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 gangster music. Because uh, also, Raphael, before my fights, he always tells me, Paula, focus, discipline, and be gangster. Show them you're gangster. And it's, it gets me all pumped. I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. And yeah, I would definitely go for some, some good old 50 cent or something like that. Ooh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Bit of fiddy. Bit of fiddy. What, what's your gangster music? My gangster music. How gangster do you go? I, you see, if I was going out, I would do something that would get people people laughing or something about that because I, I actually think I don't as you've, as you've got older I don't tend to get too wound up about um, the, 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 the the emotion the of the yeah yeah just try and just sort of get on with it and you'd walk out to Sweet Caroline wouldn't you no that's that's been done <laughs> what would I do I'll tell you what I'm into at the moment is there's a lad it's a bit trancey but there's this guy called Aaron Hibble who's released a couple of remixes like these sort of techno dance musics but it, the music he uses as the bass for it is, um, have you seen Inception? Mm-hmm. From Inception. So the main soundtrack is by a guy called Hans Zimmer. Um, and it's a, a soundtrack called Time and it's an absolute belter, but he's souped it up and put a bit of a bass to it and stuff. But he's just released one. You know that new film Oppenheimer that's come out? I've not, I've not seen it yet, but I want to go and see it just for the soundtrack. And he's just dropped a, uh, a remix of that. And I had it on the car and I was like, oh yeah. It could be a good walk. Yeah, I don't really care what anybody thinks about my music as long as it gets you going, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all good, but there, but there you go. You know, you gotta, you don't want to get too pumped for it because if you're, uh, if you're, uh, if you're on a, if you're on another level, you're no use to anybody charging around like a lunatic. Yeah. What about yourself, Nathan? What would you come out? I to? mean, I'm not really into the gangster style. I mean, I would go. You know, it's cliche. The hacker, absolutely <laughs> you know? not. Um, what would I come out to? You know, he has a pen in his office. 
a pen and if you press it it starts playing the hacker to and it, and it, it, it annoys the hell out of me because I want to I want why don't you throw it away why don't you throw it away because I can't throw away an all black pen yeah. gee whiz but yeah it does and it comes out and then it doesn't turn off so if you're on the phone or something and you push it on this bloody hacker starts um, starts going no I don't know as gangster as I get honestly would be cliche be Eminem you know 8 Mile is, is that really gangster don't think not really that gangster but that's as that's as I thought you'd, you'd you know when you talk about the darts and the and stuff like that. Is there not some absolute, you know, banging tune that you'd uh, that you'd uh, come out to? It was interesting. Won't, won't well, you you, you, you went in on you went in on faith. Sunday, but we had um, the the striker from Dude Lounge, yep. Ura. Um, he pulled out a banger, did he? Well, he was talking about like you know when you talk about Rem van Barneveld and Michael van Gogh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all you know, they're, even from a football mad place, they're all mad for the for the darts, for the darts and stuff like that. Yeah, so. no, but very, very much so. Right, you've put uh, Raf in it uh, once, being the being the the, the athlete, or let's say. Uh, oh. The, the one that would turn the radio uh, on when he walks into a taxi. I'm going to put you on the spot here. I asked Laura exactly the same question. And all of your team, if you could be, let's say, locked in this studio with all the equipment down, who would you most likely want to get in the ultimate pillow fight with? Hard pillows, of course, not the soft, fluffy. Down, ones. filled not with the duck down, down expensive yeah, stuff. Who would you most likely in your team love to go at it a two-minute bout where you can go hell for leather with the pillow? That would be my club coach, Mika. Mika? Yeah, because actually I've been doing this with him already. Okay. <laughs> He's very playful and we, we always do this kind of stuff. He's always uh, teasing us and yeah, that would Just be most fun with him. Go, go hell, for, hell for leather. You been in a big ding-donger? No, not, not pillow fights. It's more, it's, you always joke around like fighting with your brothers or your siblings and stuff like that. And you must have seen the one where... The one brother's crying, and then the caption is, "Tell, tell mum it was an accident." Have you seen? And one of my brothers, Craig, so the brother below me, he, we would we might scrap, and he would say, um, <laughs> "It'd be like, can you tell mum it was an accident?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, it, of course, it, of course, I will." And then mum would come in, and he'd be like, "Yeah, he punched me. It wasn't an accident." He, Craig would chuck you under the bus. Something serious, yeah, like, yeah, funny, funny that we never had pillow fights. We had we we had rugby league games, rugby in the house that were quite that were certainly quite physical. But the worst one we did was an orange fight in the house. I ever told you about this, Scott? Oh, this was vicious. So it was the uh, it was orange season, or, or no, it certainly wasn't. Um, uh, I was thinking clementines. It wasn't mandarin, but it was oranges. Anyway, we're, parents were just about to make. Um, I don't know. Orange juice or whatever, but but we had not just ten of them. We must have had about fifty of these oranges in the in the in the house, and down the hallway going hell for leather in every. Obviously, room. mum and dad weren't in when this was going. No, on. no, 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 no hell. Yeah. But the state of the house was that bad that no matter how hard we tried, we could not get rid of it. It's like when you ever like, if your parents ever was, went away and you had a house party. And you would like have a few beers and yeah, all good. And then be like, right, we have to clean up because the rents are back at lunchtime. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter how well you cleaned up, they knew. They knew. They just knew. Well, this knew because it was because well, and and, and not only that, that my dad went to put on his slippers, and of course he he stepped, and it was you know it was it it was I'm talking everywhere, Scott. Just deny. We well no, there's no deny. We got we got an absolute belt, and the only thing that got me out. So the the following day, we had to drive an hour and a half to Wellington to play a team event, and I played out of my uh, out of my skin to 
to qualify for the national championships. And so if that, you know, if it, if it wasn't really for that win, I'd still have a hand mark on the back of my uh, backside, to be honest with you. That was. <laughs> we're, we obviously, we're a bit further down the line in terms of our uh, sporting careers um, compared to yourself. Um, I'm sure you've got lots of events to uh, to look forward to, but what would be the one that you would love to to go to? Is there an event or a venue or a country in the world you'd like to compete in further down the line? No special venue in mind, neither a country. It's more the event itself. And uh, the next big event I'm looking forward to is um, the World Championships in October in Budapest. In Budapest, I yeah. Budapest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. They, they seem to be, they're rolling out a few things because obviously they've got the, in, the athletics is yeah. on there at the moment, isn't it? They, they pump so much... So much this this athletic stadium that they've that they've built they're built for this event. I think it was Japan could was it weren't able to have like things next year's swimming meet. Budapest just goes we we can do it. Fabulous fabulous city. But when you think of it, you got you need more than just a, a stadium, you know. And we know that they've also built the um, the Pushkash Arena as well, which is a which is a new stadium. You've got to have more than just stadiums, you know. You got to have volunteers. You got to have all the infrastructure, hotels. isn't it? You got to have you got to have. I mean, if, I don't know if you've seen the World Athletic Chance, but the, the backdrop of the stadium what watch this evening it is just amazing and these the, the, this this country and I've said this before 10 million 10 million people that country they're one hell of a sporting nation they're always in the top 15 in the in the world they're almost as good as New Zealand Scott <laughs> you mad for the Hungarians huh? yeah. you're married to one, one, married to one side. but so I got a little <laughs> bit of an understanding of what goes on but they there's always a sport a what do they know event. about sport eh? well they're pretty good but I don't want it to be, all be positive here but are there any negative experiences like have you ever gone to a tournament and been like being oh, punched oh. <laughs> yeah apart from that that's a given are there any venues you won't any you know anywhere you won't be in a rush to go back to because it was either it went badly or the, yeah. it wasn't organised or I don't know there are some countries who don't see hygiene as an important factor like the the bathrooms and the changing uh, rooms oh. yeah sometimes it's a really it's a real disaster and then you you know our karate gis they're all white and you want to look clean and that's such a good one you rugby you can understand that in rugby you guys make it a mess normally don't you with all your mud yeah, but we, we we clean up the mess afterwards it's like an unwritten rule that you leave it as you find it sort of thing but yeah I know, you, you 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 nailed that one on the head I, yeah that's a i don't even go to the changing rooms anymore i just change in the warm up area and i'm good really I'm trying to avoid you like it. You like your own. You like your own space. <laughs> That's where I'd wind it up and been like, "You should check out the changing rooms. They're really good." And then you go <laughs> and you're like, oh, "They're absolutely brutal." Um, well, Paula, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. I mean, it's as I said that we we set out um, from the very start with our the goal of this show is to try and shed some light on all the different sports that are going on in Luxembourg. And you know, it's just our opinion that unfortunately people like yourselves don't get the coverage you you deserve so please stay in contact with us and we'll keep can we uh, do the quick four have we got time for the, the quick four questions yeah but they're not tailored to uh yeah they are okay go on then do it right, summer's just summer's just gone the handsome man is walking down the down the beach mm-hmm. is he wearing budgies or is he is he wearing his budgie smugglers or his boardies yeah like long shorts or the well it depends stuff. what he looks like okay well, what I'll the come, body I'll looks come back like that one and, and you can answer that question after he's walking down he's got a mullet Okay, waving in that little sea breeze, or he's got a moustache. Moustache. He's going for a moustache. Okay, with that moustache, is he wearing budgies or boardies? Oof. No, if he's if he has a moustache, then the 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 boardies. That's the, the, boardies? the shorts, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 Shorts, Otherwise, yeah. it would be too much. Too much. Yeah. Yeah. Moustache. 
And then Very European. would you would you would you wear your socks up or your socks down? Socks up. Your socks up. Here we go. I think we've I think we've nailed it, and we've nailed uh, <laughs> we've we've nailed it. A, a uh, sorry, just uh, one of our uh, viewers uh, sending through some contra- constructive criticism there. Um, as always, we give a huge shout out to the army of uh, volunteers out there who make our uh, sporting world tick. Whether you're coaching. Uh, driving lifts, washing kit, whatever you're doing, keep doing it and keep getting these youngsters involved in sport. Speaking of youngsters, why should people get kids involved in karate? Because karate has taught me a lot. It gives you, it teaches you discipline, uh, but also you learn how to protect yourself, how to defend yourself, and you have to be mentally so strong because it's really hard to show up on the mat and it, and to simply fight a karate world champion. If you can do this, if you are not nervous for this anymore, then you can also take an exam easily without uh, having to be afraid or something. One of those sporting sporting challenges. There you go. You I'm, as I've said, I've said before, I'm a big believer. There's no such thing as people who hate sport. I just believe they haven't found their sport yet. Yeah. So maybe if you haven't found your sport, you should go and give karate. Um, a go and who knows where you will end up as always you can check out the rest of the team from 6am tomorrow morning with Sam Steen you've also got Stephen Steps Low at lunchtime from 12 o'clock with his lunchbox and then you have got Melissa Dalton with the home stretch don't forget about Dave Burrows and his DB3 sessions and then of course Sarah Tapp with the hangover sessions and until then it's Cher Cher Cher